This is Write Your Own Story, Three Keys to Rise and Thrive in Life and Business. I'm your host, Rebecca Fleetwood Hessian. You want to hear something that made me cry a little bit last week? Okay, here you go. I was driving home from Milwaukee last night. I was listening to your podcast with Rebecca and literally got chills. And I was like, I'm going to just have to say this. When you and Rebecca were talking about when you start showing up as yourself, it's like you, you literally, you're the pantyhose, you made the pantyhose metaphor. And I like to say it as you like put down your armor because it's so true. And I am experiencing that right now. Took a break, I don't know, for a month, which doesn't seem like a very long time, but for me, it, it does. Like you were saying before, like I needed that for my nervous system to just like reset, which I agree with. And then now I am back working full time, also more aligned with what I love. It's just amazing because like I have shown up so differently, like I'm still me, right? I mean, we never change our DNA, but it's just insane. Like how different I feel every day but I also notice how I show up like in meetings or like just each day like I no longer feel chained by just my anxiety of like just everything imposter syndrome and just because I was a perfecter 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 performer 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 and then perfect more until I just the only one that was punished in the end was me so I just wanted to tell you this because I just when she said that I totally empathized with everything she said and it just literally almost brought me to tears and I just got chills because I have been finding myself thinking about that since I've been back to work and working um, just every day I'm like I am just having a blast like I'm having a blast because I mean, sure, there's things that happen. I mean, there's always things that work. Like, there's stupid-ass people, and they say dumb shit. And But you're always going to have that. But it's just, it's just so different. Like, I just, I just feel so much more free, and it just feels amazing. Like, I'm just so happy that I found you and just this framework and realized that I had it all along. So I wanted to tell you that. That? is Chelsea, who's one of my clients. And that is a voicemail that she left me last week. And I share it with you, one, because it makes me feel valuable, relevant, and impactful. VRI, you know, we always talking about that. That's the top box of the Thrive model. And I wanted to illustrate that, but also mostly I wanted you to hear what it sounds like when you start to thrive. It doesn't mean that there's perfection. It doesn't mean that, you know, other people aren't frustrating and aggravating. Like I said, that's a voicemail. It's real and raw client talk. She gave me permission to use it. I cut out some of the specifics of her company name and things like that. But I just wanted you to hear in her voice how much better she feels about her day-to-day work and her life. Oh, y'all, it just lights my heart on fire. And I just wanted 
Well, I already did. I was going to say, I just want to package it up and give it to all of you. But I did package it up into a thousand thriving women. So if one-on-one coaching isn't in your budget or just in your line of sight, no worries. It's not for everybody and I don't have time to coach everybody. (laughs) But I want everybody to experience the transformation. And honestly, that's why I created a thousand thriving women. So anyone would have access to these tools. You don't have to go get permission from somebody. I've made sure that the timing is the most convenient times we can possibly do. And it's only $30 a month. Okay. Look, if you're watching this instead of listening, it is an all-in-all-out casual day here at the We Thrive.Live headquarters because the last two weeks have been just all-out travel for work and for fun and for Father's Day and just back-to-back stuff. And what happens when you have these little peaks in your schedule is I'm reminded of how important my daily stillness practice and having my normal routine is to me. So today was the first day in a long time where I either didn't have to rush my daily stillness practice or I wasn't in another city and I could just spend some time this morning regulating my nervous system from all the various time zones and travel and emotions of work and life and family and just be still today. And so there was no hair and makeup in the schedule. So I hope you're just listening to this in the car and you don't have to see. (laughs) Oh, women, it's so ingrained in us to think about things like that. I had a business partner friend of mine one time who does a lot of really great videos all the time. And he said to me, I'm surprised you don't do more content, more video content. I said, you really want to know why? And he laughed because he just saw me get elevated in my emotions as I was describing it. And he said, well, yeah. And I said, because all you do is get up and brush your teeth and throw on a golf shirt and you're video ready. For me to record video, I have to stop and think, what's my hair look like? What's my makeup look like? (laughs) Do I have makeup on? And trust me, I am far more casual than I used to be in my life when I was in corporate sales, but we don't need to see all that. If I have a great idea, some days you don't want to see what that looks like, which is why the podcast is better for me. So now I'm on a ramble. That happens. Today, I want to talk about you having your best summer ever. Just think about that for a minute. Don't think about it. Feel it. Just feel that for a minute. What would it be like for you to have your best summer ever? Now, I don't know. Maybe you spent a summer in Italy touring one year, and so it's impossible to beat that summer. Okay, that's fair. But what if you had your best summer that you've had in a long, long time? What would that feel like? Well, I want to give you some perspective, some tools for not just you, 
but you and your others, whoever the others are for you, to have your best summer ever. Because I also know there are a lot of career moms that listen to the show. And as one, I know the jarring nature that summer brings as you're transitioning from the school year to everybody being off and literally everybody being off, off the normal routine, which is just what I described just from having a couple weeks of travel and disruption in my routine. And it does rattle our nervous system because our brain thinks same equals safe. And so when things aren't the same, your brain is rattled and it feels off and it gives you feelings of being off, which can show up as frustration, aggravation, exhaustion. It's different for everyone. But when that happens, you know, especially when the kids are just like so excited to do summer and us as working professionals are thinking, oh, dear Lord, here comes the tsunami of chaos and the amount of snacks required and the amount of interruptions and disruptions and can you take me to the pool and the price of camp and just everything feels off. And I used to feel my most shame, guilt, aggravation, and frustration during the summer because of all those things. Because there was also that part of me that wanted to be the mom that was at the pool making snacks for everybody's kids. Now, I probably wouldn't have lasted long because I'm not great at it, but I would glamorize what it would feel like to be able to do that with my kids. And then I started to feel bad that I was a working mom and then bad because I was a cranky working mom and then bad spiraled into more bad. And I did that a few summers in a row. And then y'all, if you're around here much, you know me to know that once something feels bad enough, I'm like, hold on, I need to have some intention to do things differently. And so I did start testing out some different things for the summers until I could find the groove that worked best for us. One year, I changed my schedule. And this is when I worked for the Franklin Covey organization. But I was in corporate sales and I had a lot of freedom of my schedule to work with clients. And so I want to acknowledge that, first of all, not everybody has that opportunity. So I hear you. But what I would do for a couple summers, actually, is I shifted my schedule to start at 630 in the morning. So 6.30, I worked from like 6.30 to 3. So early in the morning before my clients wanted to meet with me usually, that's when I did my task and planning work. And then if I needed to talk with clients or meet with clients, I did it early in the morning. And then by 3 o'clock, I could still go to the pool. We could go do whatever we wanted to do, fun summer daytime activities with the kids. And they knew that was the groove. And if they wanted to plan things, if they needed a ride or wanted to do things before then, then then we needed to collaborate. But it really did work well for me for a couple of years. I highly recommend if you have some freedom 
in the way that you do your schedule. That was a great one. I, I liked it a lot. And then what I started to do, and I don't remember which came first. I don't think you care, but I'm just reminiscing. <laughs> My kids are 21 and 25. Now we're just doing something as adults, which is still fun. We do fun things together, but I am reminiscing a little bit about the little ones, but I, actually I don't ever want to go back to being a mom of littles because y'all, it's exhausting. I love you. I salute you. I Godspeed on your journey. Uh, it does come to an end at some point. But one of the things that I would do is we would have, and I laugh when I say this because some of you know me really well. I had a whiteboard in the kitchen most of my life. And so I would have a pre-summer meeting or just the first day of summer, it just depended. And we would gather around for drinks and snacks. It's another one of my favorite things. Not those kinds of drinks. They were kids. You know what I'm saying. Milkshakes, maybe. And I would say, okay, what would make this the best summer ever? And we would start a list. I would solicit their ideas and their brainstorming of the best summer ever. And I would ask them questions about how do you want summer to feel? And we would together set an intention. You all know this always tracks back to reflection and connection. That's always the framework on what we wanted the summer to be. And when I started this, my kids were probably, I don't know, four and seven, maybe. And those were the years when I was having a lot of shame and guilt about being a working mom. And here I'm picturing that, you know, I should be taking huge Disney vacations or something like that in order to be a great mom. And what I realized when I made the list with the kids, instead of the story that I was making up in my own head, is that having the best summer ever was far more doable, cheaper, and more fun than the story that I was making up. It was things like, can we go to grandma's? Can we sleep in the backyard in a tent? Can we go fishing? All things that could be incorporated into my working schedule. And then what was so fun is every time we would do something off the list, we got to just celebrate it. Not just making a check mark, because Lord knows I do love me a check mark. But celebrate it and clap and have ice cream and say, Yay, we are having the best summer ever. And when there was moments of what should we do or I'm bored, go shop from the list. If we're going to sleep in the tent, go make a list of all the things that you want to do in the tent this weekend or what are the supplies that you could gather up. And it became this connection point for all of us was the best summer ever list. And I knew that it was a thing when my daughter, and I think I've talked about this on the show before, but we have in the beginning of summer, so it's worth revisiting. My daughter had, she was about, I don't know, teenager-ish, preteen-ish. And so she had a sleepover the last day of school. And so the friends woke up the first day of summer break at our house. And lo and behold, 
she pulled out the whiteboard and said, what would make this the best summer ever? And oh, you all, okay, I'm going to tie this back to value, relevance, and impact because I had created a pattern for her that was impactful. And the ripple effect of impact went from me to her and then to her friend. Now, I do also remember that on the list for that was I want to kiss a boy which we had to have a whole conversation about that. But that's going to happen anyway. So at least it was on the list and at least it sparked a really robust conversation about kissing, parenting. It's hard, isn't it? Yeah. P.S. 21 and 25, still kind of, it's not hard. It's just different. Conversations are bigger. You never stop parenting, do you? So I want you to have your best summer ever because the season goes fast. And the sooner you can sit down and have this little meeting, the better so that you can start to live this season with great intention. But before you gather, friend, and you know what? For those of you who have chosen not to have children or don't have children yet, I salute you. And I want to encourage you to do this with your friends or with your brothers and sisters, whoever your connection point is. This isn't just about parenting and kids. You can do this with everyone. And before you sit down with your others, with your connections, I want you to ask yourself, just you and you, what would make this your best summer ever? And then answer the question, how do you want this summer to feel? Not just the checklist of what do you want to do, but how do you want it to feel? And it can be a variety of things. You may want to be more adventurous this summer. You may want to be more calm this summer. You get to pick. But what a great opportunity in this three-month season-ish to do it with great intention in how you want to feel. And jot some of those things down for yourself. And then ask yourself, who would you need to be in order to live and feel that way? Maybe reading more books this summer would make you more calm. And you know what I highly recommend for a summer? Take a break on the self-help, maybe. Y'all stop searching for a minute. Unless it's my book, then (laughs) that's going to help you (laughs) take a break from searching. But maybe just read something for fun. Read something that makes you feel something and not frustrated that you're not enough. One of my favorite questions that I ask when I do a unique gifts, talents, inventory session with my clients, actually, you can book one. It's a single session if you want. Message me and I'll tell you how. Send you the link. 500 bucks, 90 minutes. It's amazing. But one of the questions that I ask is, what was 14-year-old you doing for fun? So a great thing to ask yourself is, what was 14-year-old me doing for fun in the summer? And maybe you need to revisit some of those hobbies or activities, unless it's kissing boys, then maybe that's not, (laughs) maybe that's not good. Or maybe it is. I don't know. Maybe that's what I should do this summer. 
Maybe I should put on my list. You know, I probably do need to open my heart up and think about dating again. So if you know any tall, handsome, Jesus-loving men (laughs) who would appreciate a strong woman who is passionate about life and business, make some connections. I digress. Again, I told you I'm just having me a casual day today. So we just having a conversation, but the conversation is pointed at having your best summer ever. So ask yourself, how do you want to feel? Maybe there's some hobbies and activities that you want to reincorporate, but I don't want you to do that on top of your already frenetic schedule because then that's just going to make you feel bad that you don't feel like you have time to do those things. So another great question to ask yourself before you gather the others around is, what do you want to stop doing this summer? Just like school's out, classes are out, maybe there's some things in your regular business routine that need to be out. Maybe there are some things that aren't adding much value, aren't really all that relevant or making much of an impact that you can just take yourself a little break. So maybe there's the summer stop doing list and tell yourself, I'm going to stop this for the summer. And if I miss it, if the business misses it, if anybody misses it and it was valuable and I just didn't realize it, I can add it back in. It's not a forever thing. It's just a school's out for summer break kind of thing. And I think that's a great conversation to maybe even have with your team at work. What are some things that we can stop doing for the summer that would give us some more freedom and some more bandwidth to live our best personal lives too? Once you've had some time to reflect on that, then you can take all of that into your connection meeting with your kids or your friends or whoever it is that you want to share this summer season with and then start to ask them, how do we want this summer to feel? And it's so beautiful to have friends and family that can help hold you in loving accountability to those things. Because accountability as a word kind of gets a bad rap. Like it's a bad thing. Like I'm in trouble, things I should do and I didn't. But it's also an opportunity for someone to say to you, hey, I thought you were going to be more adventurous this summer. Let's go to this music festival. And then because you've shared that with a friend or a family member, then you got to really ask yourself, why wouldn't I do this? And maybe jump in. So accountability, loving accountability can be a beautiful part of connection. And because it's summer, this is a perfect time to take advantage of all of the outdoors as it relates to regulating your nervous system. This is a great time to notice nature, to enjoy the longer days, to get some more vitamin D. (laughs) Go out, take your shoes off, put your feet on the ground. It's called grounding. And it's because the ground nature is perfect vibrating energy. And because we're just a big ball of cells and energy ourselves, when we stand on the ground barefoot, we start to align our vibrations with the perfect vibrations of nature. So just by walking around barefoot, you get the benefit of regulating your nervous system. When you stand and 
put your face in the sun, you align your energy to nature. It's a really great practice to get up every morning and go outside first thing and get some movement. If you can get 20 to 30 minute walk first thing in the morning, you align your circadian rhythms to sunrise and sunset, which helps you to sleep better. And did you know that when you sleep better, you have a better memory and you can recall the things that you need to recall when it's time? There's all kinds of connection points there for you that make this season, this summer season, an amazing time for you to think about you and your story and how you want to live that story with the people that you love, whether it's your kids or your friends, your family. And as I said, I think this would be, I just thought of this as we were, as we were talking. See, I always just think I'm sitting here chatting with you as I'm talking into this microphone, that having this conversation with your team could be really powerful as well. Maybe it's a flex schedule that allows people to cover different times of the schedule to accommodate everybody getting a little more flexibility in their time. I don't know what it is for you, but I love doing anything and everything with great intention, with reflection and connection. And I have found these few little practices and tools that I've shared with you today to be profound in our family's approach to summer and me being able to feel more connected to the things that I wanted and to being a mom, a working career mom, and to get rid of some of that guilt and shame and those things that we all have played around with a little bit and to do it differently. And I'm telling you, whiteboard in the kitchen (laughs) is one of my power moves. So I am hopeful that you have taken something away from this episode that will be valuable, relevant, and make an impact. Oh, wait. Oh, my gosh. There was one thing that I wanted to share that I forgot. There may be more than one thing, but one that I just remembered. When my kids would be having a moment, a time, or even if I'm just having like a crappy day, another one of my power moves besides the whiteboard in in the kitchen is ice cream for dinner. Because there are times when our patterns need disrupted. When something's going on that just we are in a rut or we're just having a bad day and we need just an infusion of joy. Ice cream for dinner, it's a power move. And you can't do it too often, but the amount of joy when you just randomly drop in an ice cream for dinner announcement is just the best. And so I had shared this with the group of A Thousand Thriving Women in one of our sessions And Abby, one of our participants, ran with it. And she posted on social media last week that her toddler was just not having it. She was had spent an hour trying to get her to eat and she'd been teething and just bad things were happening and everybody was cranky because she has older children too. And so she just said, Okay, that's it, ice cream for dinner. And they loaded up and they went to their Actually, it's my favorite ice cream place too, which has a lot of healthy 
ice cream options because they're a very healthy family. And she said, she sent a picture of her little one with just this beautiful little toothless smile. And she said, it worked. It transformed the day, the night. And so it's just powerful to disrupt things and not always feel like you have to be so controlled and like everything has to be all together. I shared that idea with a lady in the elevator one time. I was coming down from a, a meeting with a client and there's a lady in the elevator and she just looked like she was having herself a day. <laughs> and of course, you know me, I struck up a conversation as I do. And I said, how are you? And she said, "Ugh." And I said, oh, I'm so sorry. So are you headed home? And she said, yeah. And she started just bemoaning all the things that she had to do when she got home. And I said, or this could be an ice cream for dinner night. And her eyes got as big as saucers. And she looked at me and she said, what are you talking about? I said, well, if I'm having kind of a day or my kids are, I just go home and proclaim that it's ice cream for dinner night. And it changes everything about the vibe and the mood for all of us. And then later, if they want some nutrition, it's on them to make their own. But it changes things. And the look on her face, y'all, she was like, I can do that, can't I? And I was like, yeah, you can. Because we forget. <laughs> we forget. We get in such ruts that we forget that we can make changes and do things differently. And she just got so excited as she was considering what the night could be. And I just watched her face flip from this dread of going home to do whatever the normal routine, which felt like drudgery to her in that moment, you could tell into the anticipation of being the one who was going to announce joy into the evening. And we, it was an elevator ride. So it was just that little short exchange. But as we stepped out of the elevator that day, she looked at me like I had just given her the keys to the kingdom. And she said, thank you. I wonder whatever happened. See, I wish that I could get that like feedback loop to how that night went for her, which actually is a great segue into another episode that's going to be coming up soon, which is about the ripple effect of our leadership and how sometimes we don't always get to know right away how things turn out and how that impacts us as leaders. So there you go. There's a little preview segue for you. Well, I am wishing all of you the best summer ever, and I'm thrilled that you are choosing to spend some time here with me for this summer, whether it's at the pool or whatever it is that you're choosing to do while you listen. I appreciate you. It means a lot to me, and I think about you as I'm having these rambling little episodes that we have sometimes, just hopeful and in with great intention that they are serving you well. All right. If you haven't already, check out A Thousand Thriving Women. Do yourself a favor. It's the equivalent of ice cream for dinner. All right. Love you, mean it. Thanks for listening to this episode. I would love it if you would go to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and a review. And then you can go to RebeccaFleetwoodHessian.com and join the Badass Women's Council. And if you really want to take a deeper dive, join the movement of a thousand thriving women. There's amazing Thrive tools there for you today. Love you, mean it. I'm not coming down. 
Hey y'all, fun fact, if you like the music for the podcast, that is actually my son, Cameron Hessian. And I would love it if you would go to Spotify and iTunes and follow him and download some of his other music. My personal favorite is TV Land.